welcome, welcome to the show. It is me, it is me, your girl Labora Lee, aka Cat Lee, and you have now tuned in to Ambitiously the Podcast. <laughs> today is special because today is the very <coughs> pardon me, the very first episode of Hood History. Um, what is hood history, you say? Well, Hood history is um, a chance for us to travel the world, a chance for us to indulge in the past. So, hood history is my version of what history looks like, um, besides the way you read it in the books. Um, I feel like you need to know where you came from to know where you're going. So hood history is my version of history. I am not going to be, I'm going to paraphrase a lot. Um, I'm not going to be, you know, textbook with it, but we're going to get down to it. So today's juicy, juicy, juicy episode is the beginning of where I'm from. I am from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, originally born in North Carolina, but raised um, in Baltimore, Maryland. So I wanted to take a look at how this city became the city of Baltimore. Um, now, most people say, oh, well, it just said um, 1779. That's, no, was it 17? Yeah, 1779. That is not the beginning of Baltimore. A lot of people don't know that Baltimore started out kind of, hmm, different than what you believe. So I'm going to give you the insight of that, and we're going to talk about the black culture of Baltimore. Um, Baltimore has always been a, a, a town or a city of violence, and so... I want to change the narrative of what the media perceives it to be on our behalf as African-American citizens of Baltimore. I want to take a look. I want to take a journey back and talk about a few things that may or may not have happened. But for the most part, we know that they happened. So sit back, relax. I might say some things. I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to read it the way the textbooks read it. I'm going to read it the way I, well, I'm going to tell the story the way I need to tell the story. Um, First things first, though, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Um, It's a great help to what we try to do over here um, at Ambitiously the Podcast. And so I think... We should do it right. Now, there will be a commercial, but probably at the end of this journey, um, as I want to get into it. So, let me put my little... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, we're going to go back to um, 1608. In 1608, man, just imagine this. The lands are free of buildings. There's no real... It's just trees just trees and ocean and river and paths and lakes natural ones but that's all it is okay so captain john smith oh yeah captain john smith 
it's the one you're thinking about. <clears throat> the one who is associated with Pocahontas. Well, anyway, he decided that he wanted to go on a little um, scrimmage, so to speak. He wanted to go out and see what, what the world had to offer. So he explored or traveled through the Patapsco River. And um, what is now, now known as the Middle Branch. But he sailed the Patapsco and he came along this this land and he like, yo, this a this would be a dope place to farm. And it, it the native the natives are nowhere to be seen. But here's the thing, this way he got it twisted. Oh, they were here. Oh, they were here. They was just in you know, the thing about Native Americans is that they always know when it's time to transition so we might be set up right here for right now but we're gonna pack it up and move this way because this season is coming like hurricane seasons and um you know tornadoes they move around accordingly because that's in their nature so um there were native americans here um but at the time that he sailed and called himself coming through and checking out the land he um they were elsewhere they were around but elsewhere okay so we'll we're gonna get to that later on too but let's 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 continue so um yeah he was um but yeah the same john smith pocahontas just keep that in your mind so this dude was all over this this little country right here Valois. he was all in it um so <clears throat> in the early 1600s the um Baltimore vicinity was sparsely populated, um, if at all, by Native Americans. Uh, Baltimore County area northward was used as hunting grounds for the Susquehannock Native Americans um, living in the lower Susquehanna. All right. Um, they were used, by, you know, by the, the river. Um, then you had the Iroquois. Those people were here, too. And then the Powhatans which they pretty much did, you know, the Potomac area, um, like, south of, um, south into Virginia. So, like, it's, it's, it was a Native American, and there was some Al, um, Al, well, I can't even say it, Al, Quinn, Quinn, uh, whatever. They were in the area. Um, it was a lot of, oh, the Piscataways, they were here, too. So, it was a lot of Nav- Native Americans in the area, but... You know, when England came over here, King George and them, they just, they wanted what they wanted. And it's been, it's always been uh, the system of pushing them out. You feel me? Pushing them further away so that we can have the land. So that's kind of what was going on around that time. Now, um, to give you a little bit about John Smith, you don't know. He was an explorer. He was a soldier. He was an author. um, And... He was associated with Jamestown and again Pocahontas, but research has told that their story that they give you at Disney is totally not their story. That's not what happened. It's not what happened. But anyway, we're gonna keep it moving. We gotta keep it moving because we're talking about how Baltimore came to be Baltimore City. Now, in 1729, um, you know, we had a, a lord here. And you'll see him. I'm going to play this again. Just so you can be familiar. That is his picture. That is playing on the screen. Um, let me push play. It'll come up. But anyway, his name is uh, Lord Baltimore. 
So I get into it. Um, in 1920, no, I mean, I said 19, 1729, correct myself. Baltimore was founded, but it wasn't Baltimore City, it was Baltimore Town. Um, and it was founded and named after the first colonial governor, Lord Baltimore. Um, Baltimore, um, his, the name comes from an Irish barony of Baltimore, which he was, okay, so he was Irish, came over here, he became <laughs> the Lord. Um, so that family would be the Calvert family. Uh, the city is named after the second Baron Baltimore Cecil Calvary. Um, an Anglo, he was an Anglo-Irish member of the um, House, Irish House of Lords and founding prior, um, prior order of private, the Providence of Maryland. So they came here, they found, like, you know, you, the whole times it was weird. I'm on this land. My flag is here. It's mine. My crest is here. This is I'm in charge of this land right here. But of course, Ireland Ireland was under King King George, so or the King of England at that time. I don't know if it's King George or maybe his father. But the point is, it was under I no actually probably like Queen Elizabeth. I gotta get that together. But nonetheless. That's what he was. He was a baron. Uh, they came here, him and his family. They saw the, um, the Baltimore Manor was the name of the estate in County Longford, which the Calvert family, Barons Baltimore, owned in Ireland. So that's how it pretty much, that's how they came up with Maryland and, you know, um, the names that because because if you go through Maryland like a lot of the cities and towns have a lot of the same street names Lord um Baltimore you have Lord Baltimore Drive you have Baltimore Street you have so it goes and, and so forth and so forth but we'll get to that another day now so the Baron his people they came over here from Ireland um they like we get right settled down put our little fingers all up in the mix and see what we can do here in this newfound land um because it wasn't called america then it was called newfoundland um baltimore is a um is an irish name for belly and timor meaning the town of the big house i hope i said that correctly because i probably didn't but that's not the point so this happens now they ready they like all right we got our little land it was created as a port for shipping tobacco grain and um you know waterways for big i'm trying to say um for flour milling because you needed they would they were innovative when they got here like i don't think people i think people just think they just came here it's like you know what we're here but we don't know what we're doing but they you know they when they got here they got to the ingenuity um which is why baltimore is the city of first it's just a fact and we're gonna get to that but that's which is why baltimore is the city of first and you're welcome for a lot of the things that you have in your homes and we'll talk about that later as well but you're welcome mm-hmm. you're welcome so now we got it now baltimore is the town um of course there's a lot of things that's going on and it really got like 
really got popping after the um, Revolutionary War, the American War, Revolutionary War, but um, you gotta get to all of that. So let's talk about it as like Baltimore town in 1752. It is a colony. Um, so you, it's a European colony. So you got people from all places coming here because it's the new found land. It's like popping in America. Everybody want to be here. Like, oh, I heard, I heard. Well, not really necessarily because usually what would happen, some people would volunteer to come to America and some people are forced to come to America. And I know you think I'm talking about slavery and I am going to get into that in a second, but no, that's not where we at right now. All those slaves were in a part of that because that was going what was going over going on over in Europe at the time as well. But now, some people were made to come here because they were criminals or um, the people that you know they didn't really want to see the, the um, have nots, so to speak. So some people were forced, some people volunteered, but. You know, it was to settle the land because they wanted to ex- have an extension of England. All right, so in other countries that were associated, like Spain, because they had South America popping, um, in um, Portugal, they, them also, and other strongholds. So we'll just say European um, colonization on this side of the world, but it's specifically in Maryland. So, uh, the arrival, the earnest with the arrival of merchant ships, the Ark, carrying 140 colonists um, into the Potomac River, um, well, St. Clement's Island, but, you know, I'm traveling the Potomac River. So, the um, some of the Europeans began to settle as far north as Baltimore County, which is, that's a whole another thing in itself and it's a fun fact about that I think we should that should be like a whole nother show but yeah it's a fun fact about how Baltimore County and Baltimore City kind of came up with how they decided to make expand on what was and what is not we'll talk about it since uh so since Maryland was a colony Baltimore streets were named to show the loyal, I'm um, so loyalty to the mother country, England, uh-huh, uh, and kings and queens such as King George, and, um, you got King George, you got Caroline, um, Mary Land, Mary Land was named for Queen Mary, so it's just, it's we get to it, but the original county seat known today is called Old Baltimore, um, which was located on Bush River, and within the um, present-day Aberdeen proofing grounds. So, to break that down in layman's terms, Aberdeen proofing grounds, that is actually where, in that region, that is actually where Baltimore started. So, the Baltimore that you see today, the Inner Harbor, the that ain't where it was at, yo. It was all the way in <laughs> Aberdeen. Proofing grounds in that region, um, and you know they they got into some warfare um, with the, some of the natives, and it, it got crazy. And then they had this whole um, you know it's other things that we were dealing with in them times too, because you got to remember they're over here um, 
they over here and they moving, so they're not really in a space where they know the climate, the weather, and how everything is going. They don't know any of this. All they know is they came to this new land and they trying to take over. The problem is, is the elements are different than they are in Europe, over here in the United States. So they started getting sick. And then they, they're inter, intermixing with the natives as well. Like they trying to push them out, but they trying to learn their ways because they're here and they know the land. So then you got smallpox um, breaking out and it was like a big hot mess, honey. You got all kinds of epidemics popping out. But um, it was just nuts. It was chaos. And we think we got a bed. Uh, we think we got a bed. But let's get into some more. Let's talk about it. So now on oh, something's dying one of the phones okay but anyway so let's keep pushing so uh you know they were all up in the mix but they were forming this place that we call Baltimore but it wasn't here it was there Aberdeen that's Aberdeen and that region so um yeah so they built a square they like all right this is where it's going to be at. This is what's popping. So, then, in 17, uh, they, they, so, uh, here's one of those fun facts that I told y'all I'm going to pop in every now and again. And this is where the um, first title comes in. So, um, it just, we, we established our public market system in 1763. Because, you know, it's nothing like order. Put it together now it's the system. And I will say, as a Baltimorean, that they're good for trying to put some systems together. Now, do they always work? I don't, not necessarily, but, <laughs> you know, it's trial and error. You know, you figure it out as you go along. But anyway, so, um, in 19, in, I said 19, I gotta stop saying 19. We are taking ourselves into 1700s now. Um, so that was in 1763, public market system, they built one. And then the one of the most renowned markets um, in the world, especially in America, when people come here, they be like, I want to go to Lexington Market. I got, I got beef with Lexington Market, though. Um, but it was founded in 1782. Um, it's one of the oldest um, continuously operating public markets in the United States today. Um, it, it was also the center of slave trading. Yes, you heard me. Yeah, I posted this. I posted this on my social media this week, and I don't know. People just probably skim past it, like I. But that's why I'm in my feelings about Lexington Market because you know all my life I've been going going to this market. My parents made me go to this market. Sometimes I went on my own. Yeah, and I never knew this was a location for the slave trade. Oh, we're going to get into that too. But that's what it what did. That's what was going on. So, um, yeah, Lexington Market was selling slaves. Well, they was allowing slaves, slave trading to go down in there. Um, enslaved black people were sold at a numer- um, numerous sites here in Baltimore, which I have a map. We're going to jump on that in a second. Um, through down the downtown area specifically. So, oh my gosh, that makes all the sense now. With um, sales advertised in the Baltimore Sun. And you know what? I brought, I wanted to incorporate that in the show, but I'm probably not going to be able to do it. But both 
tobacco and sugarcane were the labor-intensive crops. So, sugarcane, sugar, and you know what? This city has Domino Sugar, and it's, I'm not gonna say it's the monopoly of sugar, because, you know, you can get other brands, you know, like the off-brands and whatever, but Domino Sugar is the sugar, specifically here in the United States, and I'm quite sure in other places as well, but Domino Sugar is the sugar factory here, and when you pull in, you come down to Baltimore, the Inner Harbor area, you'll see the big old sign, it's lit, it's illuminated, and it says Domino Sugar, we're going to talk about them later on though, but yeah, so that sugar cane was where it was at, and then they refined it, oh my gosh, it was crazy, so now, one of the first. In 1774, Baltimore established the first post office system um, in what became the United States and the first water company um, to charter and newly and um, newly independent nation, Baltimore Water um, Baltimore Water Company in 1992. So. Um, and with all that going on, there is innovation. It's innovation. They're like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And as I go through this journey, because we got to pick up where we left off. And it's going to be in the 1800s and early 1900s. But anyway, so uh, we got the post office. We we got the, the waterway company. I mean, you know, the water company. Um, we popping. We got all the new stuff. But then Baltimore, the Revolutionary War broke out. Um, city leaders Jonathan um, Plowman Jr. led many residents to resist against British taxes. They're not trying to hit like they're like, why? Why do we gotta keep paying them? And they're not even here. Why? Hold on, let me get this right. Why do we gotta keep paying? Like, why are we doing this? They're not even here to reap the benefits. Why are we paying them? So they're like, all right, you know, come on, y'all. We got to resist these taxes. And then um, they signed, a, um, the merchants signed an agreement. And they like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to refuse to trade with Britain. Um, and then, you know, it started getting sticky. But see, this wasn't just happening here in Baltimore. This is happening Philadelphia, New York, and in Massachusetts. It's happening in Virginia. Everybody's feeling like, why are we paying these people who are not here, not in the present? He's supposed to be our king, but we don't see the king because we're here. Our families are here. You know, yeah, they would, you know, when they, if you were of a certain breed or, um, ancestry you could leave here go over there join the military there get you know be a part but but this was your home most people weren't just going getting up and going over to england they weren't so um yeah so they made this decision we tired of paying these british taxes um we're not paying them anymore so what y'all gonna do what y'all want to do that's what they said and <laughs> so then um the second Continental Congress met um, in the Henry Fight House um, from Baltimore. I mean, well, from December the 19th, I mean, 1776. I don't know why I keep saying 
um, 19, but we'll get into these locations. Um, and to February 1777, um, effectively making the city the, the city Baltimore city because a lot of meetings happen here that a lot of people don't know about, but it pretty much made Baltimore like the temporary, uh, capital of the United States. It was temporary. It wasn't like we were, you know, that, and that also played a part in how, um, Washington, D.C. came to be where it's at, but that's a little later on. Like, we'll talk about that another time, but it kind of formed a little how that came to be as well. For Baltimore, at the time, it was like everybody was coming together in Baltimore having mad meetings, and I got some locations for y'all later, but having mad meetings, they like, I'm tired of, we tired of this. Like, what are we doing? So, that's what happened. Uh, so, I'm not going to get into the Revolutionary War. I should save, got to save some. But, um, as we all know, um, in 1776, um, the Declaration of Independence was signed and four Marylanders went and signed that declaration. Four people from Maryland, some from Baltimore. Um, they went to sign the Declaration of Independence. They're tired of it. They're ready to just... I'm tired of it. And so, um, then, you know, we're going through the Revolutionary War. All types of people fought in that war. Some retreated um, to the side of the British. A lot of African Americans did so um, because it was like, what? Like, y'all want us to, man, because, all right, so listen. Before the Revolutionary War, slavery was bullcrap. After, it changed a whole lot about what was going on with the slaves. So, after the Revolutionary War, Baltimore's economy and population grew, capitalizing um, on industries along the mill valleys and the deep water um, ports of Fells Point, which is also now a part of the Inner Harbor section of Baltimore. So you come here. Fells Point is where everybody parties now, but nobody understands the significance of what was going on in that area. In that area. And I'm, it's a location I want to talk about. We're going to talk about that later. But Fells Point area, uh, nobody has any clue about what was going on there. And it went through like different transitions throughout the years and I'll talk about that this like when we get to like um the times of Frederick Douglass and then um the times of Billy Holiday but Fells Point plays a, a very focal point in Baltimore history. But anyway, so um the slave trade though it flourished in Baltimore. Um it flourished specifically in Baltimore's port. Um, the 19, uh, 17, I said the 19, the 1790 census lists twice as many slaves as free persons of color. Um, and what was going on was like, they had these ship, like, they had like a whole industry, a, a shipbuilding industry going on as well, along with the trade of sugarcane and all of that good stuff. But Fowl's Point depended on the African-American labor, um, both enslaved and free men. 
um, black men worked as mar um, maritime trade, um, worked in all types of maritime trades as joiners, caulkers, painters, carvers, glazers, plumbers, uh, sail makers, and, 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 you know, any other common labor type of job you could have had at that time. So, yeah, Baltimore had it, a big, big, big population of free and enslaved people. Um, the ship at the time that was very popular that, you know, was, it's, they started them here is called the Clipper uh, or the Clippers. Um, and it extended its trade to the Caribbean as well. But the United States Navy first ship was the um, Constellation. Um, it was launched in Baltimore in 19, I mean, 1797. So all of these things are happening. Everything, like all of these things are happening. They building the ships. They, they big on the trade because it's a port city. It's one of the largest port cities in the United States. So, uh, yeah, a lot of things was going on. Um, the Navy stuff really got us pop. It popped here. This is uh, this city played a huge part in the Navy, but that goes to show you about what I was saying about Baltimore's um, attachment to violence, because a lot of things happened here, a lot of wars, a lot of crazy stuff happened here, or a lot of part in the war, both wars, the Revolutionary War, the um, Civil War, like a lot of crazy things happened here. So I'm like, okay, how do we how do we go about it and saying that, you know, uh, Baltimore and it's, it's, it's always been a violent city. It's just, how do we go about fixing it? Because it can't be that they just, it just became a violent city. I have more stories to tell you where we're going to make a point. Of, and we're not always going to talk about Baltimore and, and hood history. But I felt like I should start here because this is my city. And so I wanted to get some, I want you guys to get some understanding about what Baltimore is and what Baltimore is not. Um, so they in the shipping industry, they in the uh, shipbuilding industry, they're in, obviously in the slave trade and um, some more things. So I'm going to hold on. Uh, so got all that going on. The, uh, they building ships, they built the, um, building warships, building up the Navy. Um, they pretty much, Baltimore's in a harbor is pretty much where they was doing a lot of stuff. Uh, they, <laughs> all right. So the Continental Congress met in Baltimore from December 9th, um, 1776. I gotta say, stop saying 19, but December 1776 to March 77. And it um, was feared that the British would attack. Um, well, it was feared that Brit the British would attack Philly. So they was like, all right, well, where else are we gonna meet? Well, let's go to Baltimore. And then um, the nation's capital. So it was a lot going on. Um, but the town of Baltimore, Jonestown and Fells Point were incorporated in the city um, as the city of Baltimore in 1796. Um, well, the process started in 1796, but it was really fully a city in 1797. Um, and the city remained as a part of 
the surrounding Baltimore County. I'm going to continue to serve as the county seat from 1768 to 1851, in which it became an independent city. Um, But in this episode, I said I was going to talk about some things, and I'm going to talk about some things. I want to show y'all. Let me see if it's... I think it is. Yep. Okay, so... Can I get rid of it? No, that's okay. So there are some things that I want to show y'all. Like the African American society in general. This is a a heavily populated, I want to say, um, by African Americans. Okay, by African Americans. This city is heavily populated by African Americans. It's a lot of reasons why. One is that um here we go. One is that there were a lot of opportunities to be um to be free here if you were if if it was done a certain kind of way. Um you could be here, you could live here, and you could be a free person of color. But then there's a situation where, um, you know, you're coming here from Africa and you're on a boat, you're on a ship, and they bring you to this land and now you are an enslaved person. And you didn't ask for this shit. (laughs) You didn't ask to bring me. I want to be enslaved. Nobody asked for that. Nobody. But... It happens to some. It happened to some of our ancestors, and they became slaves involuntarily. All right, so put this up. But what is a beautiful thing is like Baltimore's historical society. Um, a lot of people work, and I'm gonna leave. Make sure I leave some of the um, some of my well, a lot of my resources. I'm gonna add that on. Um, a lot of my resources for this particular episode came from Baltimore's Historical Society. It came from um, a lot of research, different areas, but I wanted to learn more about what this city is and what, 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 why is it like how it is? And so this is a beautiful place. And I've, I've been studying this particular um, map for a minute now. And so I'm going to put it in that you can see the map, but we're going to talk about what's on this map really quick. Because I think in order to really get an understanding, you have to kind of look at it from a certain standpoint. So I'm going to make sure I'm going to get down here. And then I'm going to come over here and we're going to talk about it. So first things first. Of course, they had taverns. They had inns. Um... They had all kinds of things going on at the time because, you know, it was the early, early years of what was going on, what was going to form America. So, right here we have in the yellow, those are all the taverns and the inns that were surrounding the port because, remember, this is the port. Um, Patapsco River, this is their way in, let me let you know how it goes and you see bridges and all of that good stuff now but this is their way in let's move it in 
the ocean. And then this little area right here where a lot of things are going on on the trade standpoint. Now, in the, the blue, the light blue, that is, we have um, what are auction houses. These are the places where, um, so anywhere you see a blue pen, those are the places where the slaves were traded. So we have a few auction houses spread it out. Um, so you can see um, if you're from Baltimore, these, if you're from Baltimore, these areas look very familiar to you. Um, because you travel throughout these areas all the time, like Charles Street. Um, my mom's job is not far from where one of the uh, um, the auction houses were. Her old job, she doesn't work when she retired. But um, let's see, we got Lumber, we got Water Street. Yeah, yeah. Um, Frederick Street. There was one there, one all Gay Street. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, Baltimore was infamous for trading the slaves. That was their thing. They were really into it. So then, well, we got General Intelligence Office saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were talking trash and all of that good stuff. Now we got the markets. The markets are looking like they're the purple um, tag. So, remember I said they were selling slaves at Lexington Market, right? So if they were selling slaves at Lexington Market, what would make us think that they weren't selling slaves at the other markets? Because they were. It was going down. It was going down. And here's Lexington Market. Let's get them on the screen. Now, this was a focal point for selling slaves. So if you had Lexington Market... And then you had um, Broadway Market, which will be here. Broadway Market. And then you had Hanover Market, which would be here. Um, then you had Center Market. Um, so you have all these markets. I think this is Center Market right here. You have all these markets. You know that slaves are being sold there. Because Lexington Market wasn't the only one. They weren't. And then last but not least, this little gray, greenish color, these are where the slaves were held. So when you come up um, Martin Luther King Boulevard and you come across West Pratt Street, know that there was a slave pen there. Or, or, when you go see those great Orioles that you love so much, remember, that area right there was also, guess what? A slave pen. That's where the slaves were. Uh, where else? Conway Street. Uh, <laughs> where else? Light Street. Yes. And that one's very close to the harbor. So I can imagine that was definitely where slaves were held and kept. Let's see what else we got here. Um, ooh. When you get to Friday Street, that was one. Um, Bal East Baltimore Street, yep. I could see it. I could see it. I could see it. Uh, yeah, Pratt Street was popping on the slave ship, though. Because you had one here, 
on Martin Luther King, what is now Martin Luther King Boulevard. And then you have another one that was on Howard Street, which is so insane. But it would make sense because that is very close to, drum roll please, Lexington Market. So um, it was a lot of places that, you know, then you got the penitentiary. You know that was part of it. And they're just now getting rid of some of that stuff. But you know that was a part of it. What would they even like? If y'all tore it down and tried to turn it into properties, I don't think anybody wants to live there. It's a lot of old, creepy energy in that area. Um, but yeah, so you see the list of all the slave pens and jails. That means a lot of black souls were housed in this area. Yeah, just thought I'd throw that in there because um, I found it very interesting when I first saw this map. It's another one I have to, um, and it's more uh, on the graphic side and the digital side, but I want to bring that map on here too. I think I'll do that in another episode. But this journey of how Baltimore became Baltimore, Baltimore has always been a violent city. So I just, it's how are we going to change it? It really is, but there are uh, some more things we will learn about Baltimore and hood history. There are things that we will learn about outside of Baltimore and hood history. It's so much history. It's like, how can we just stop with one? Like, so many places to speak on. So many. And so I'm going to just go through my passion, but this shit always been fucked up here, y'all. So, I don't know, but I'm going to get out of here. I love you guys, and um, until next time, episode two will be next weekend. Not this weekend, because episode one is on, but it will be here. So um, I, I had a lot of fun doing this episode. I didn't know how I would feel about it. I was nervous, um, because this is something different than what we do, but we're going to keep it up, because we got so much more to talk about. There's so much more to get into, so Hood History on Saturdays at 6 p.m. Make sure you tune in YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitch. It will be it will be there. It'll be there. Um, but with that being said, I gotta get out of here. I love you. Mind your business. Uh, love your babies and stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. That's all you gotta do. And everything else will work itself out. And I love you guys. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm gonna get out. Bye. Bye.